Hi there. You're listening to Happy Hostess Podcast with Christy Lalonde. I'll be sharing episodes each week to help you entertain and welcome guests into your home without all the stress. There will be guest interviews with party planning and hospitality experts that share their secrets to becoming a confident hostess. So get comfortable as we find the joy in celebrating life's big and small moments. Hello, and welcome back to the Happy Hostess Podcast. Today, I am thrilled to have Patricia May Olson. She is also known as the preppy publicist, owner of Peaked PR, where she has amazing clients like Jackson Morgan, Cava Style, Honey and Hank, and even Elizabeth Wilson Designs. I first learned of Patricia because she is the host of the Preppy Podcast, where she interviews influencers and brands of the preppy lifestyle. I've been a longtime listener almost from the very first episode back in 2020. So when I had the pleasure of meeting Patricia in person this past August in Birmingham, I felt like I'd already known her for years. Patricia, I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. When you said you were creating a podcast, I was so excited for you and I'm honored to to be on here talking with you. Thank you so much. It's so funny to think back to that first conversation back in August, right? <laughs> where I was drilling you with all the questions <laughs> about <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> no, I'm always happy to help with that. And honestly, I've been listening to your podcast um, all the time. I love listening to podcasts while I'm working or um, if I'm organizing or cleaning, I always have something in the background playing. So I've been listening to a lot of yours. Well, I'm honored that you've listened to mine. So why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah. So um, I live in Unionville, Pennsylvania. It's about an hour outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I am a northerner with a southern flair. I always say I love, you know, all things southern. And a lot of times people are shocked to hear that I'm actually from Philadelphia area. But I'm born and raised from here. I went to the same high school as my parents and my grandfather and my aunts and uncles. Uh, So I'm a lifer here. And I have always loved fashion and like creativity and decorating and making things pretty and putting things together, essentially, as a very little kid. My grandmother uh, always jokes that I would pull scarves out of her handbag and be like, mom, does this match? Like, does this match that? Or I would play uh, Miss Marish, which is my last name. My maiden last name is Marish. And I would have her call an old uh, business phone from my my grandfather's business and make her play Miss Marish with me where I was like the boss. So I feel like I've always been into fashion and style and entertaining um, and also entrepreneurship then too, of course. So I have a degree in communications PR and also fashion merchandising. And today, like you said, I own Peaked PR. So I work with a lot of lifestyle clients. So in the home decor or entertaining arena or fashion, clothing, jewelry, and then even Jackson Morgan, like you mentioned, a um, liqueur brand. That is so funny that you used to play on the phone. I did the exact same thing. (laughs) Uh, exact same phone, especially when we were in hotel rooms. <laughs> I would yes. at the desk act like I was working in my little office. And I very much wanted to be a business owner as well, even when I was little. So yeah, that's so <laughs> funny. And um, and I think I've told you before, I also my major was 
also fashion merchandising, which now I think they've changed it to like merchandising and textiles or something. (laughs) But that is so interesting. Definitely. That's really cool that we both have that in common. And you're right. I think now it might be fashion marketing and then there's the textile realm. There's so many different realms with fashion. Yes. So I know you grew up creative, obviously, but can you remember a certain time or a place where you first started to get interested in parties and entertaining? I feel like I always was like throwing parties with my Barbies, but I specifically remember this one time in high school, I got really into entertaining and I'd always have like little dinner parties with my friends and our boyfriends. Like we're adults, which I think is funny. And I think it had a lot to do with watching like Laguna Beach and the OC growing up in high school and they did that. So I remember like we'd have like an all black night where you have to wear like beautiful black dresses and we made pasta and had like sparkling apple cider that we'd serve. And then I even remember I had a tea party one time and I made my little cousin who's probably, I think he's like six years younger than me or somewhere around there. I had him be our like waiter and he had to wear like a suit and help serve the tea. Um, And I set like a full table with beautiful tea set that my mom had gotten me. So I've always really been interested in in, like hosting and entertaining. I love it. That is (laughs) awesome. I can't believe it. And you've also obviously been convincing to be able to get him to agree to that. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. I I was the big, mean, older cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now I know this past year has been really busy for you. So why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so we, um, it's been a whirlwind. My uh, now husband and I got engaged December 2021. It's hard for me to keep track of the years. Uh, December 2021. And then we got married this September. uh, So September 2022. And on top of that, we have had so many weddings to attend. I feel like we had eight or nine, somewhere around there and all a lot destination weddings. I remember in April, we had four weddings in a row. And one was like a double header weekend where my best friend got married here in Pennsylvania. And then the next day we had to fly to Charleston for one of Will's friends. So it's been very busy. And then of course, with work on top of that, you know, going to events and conferences, like we met at Lydia Menzies Supper Club event in August. So it has been a very, very busy year. (laughs) My goodness, that is very busy. Um, yes. It sounds like such a whirlwind. And I remember um, you have a higher tolerance, probably because you're younger, um, <laughs> for <laughs> a lot of activity. Um, mm-hmm. Because I remember Lydia's Supper Club soiree that I was thinking, I can't believe she's getting married next month and she's yeah. here. <laughs> I would be like trying to to get things done. But um, yeah, I always say that I work really well under pressure. I work probably better under pressure or like with more things on my plate versus if I don't have anything going on, then nothing will get done. So I do like to have, you know, a jam packed schedule and lots of things on my plate. Well, you do it very well, I must say, because that is a lot of weddings in one year. (laughs) That is like, sounds like a whirlwind, but it must've been so fun. And Mm -hmm. After experiencing so many weddings in just one year, did you notice some trends for weddings? Anything that's especially popular right now? 
Yeah, I would say something that I notice is a lot of people are steering away from just solid colors and leaning more into prints, whether that's in tablescapes or even bridesmaids dresses. I've noticed a lot of my friends incorporating a lot more prints than I feel like a few years ago people did. Of course, there's lots of things that I think myself and all of the weddings we went to and friends had, which, you know, that greenery, faux boxwood sort of wall. I feel like all of us had that. We had one that we had sort of a collage of pictures of Will and I throughout the years in gold frames hung on it. But I've seen people use it for their bar or use it to hold champagne flutes. So that's something that I saw all over um, at multiple weddings. And then, of course, those neon signs. I feel like all of us had those too, which is kind of nice because you can use it later. So we pull ours out for parties. Ours just says the Olsons. And it's fun for parties. I've seen people hang it in their bars in their home too after their wedding or just, you know, as decor somewhere in a gallery wall. So I definitely saw those trends. Um, I feel like, and this might just be because of who our friends are naturally, but I saw less of the the like rustic-y, Pinterest-y kind of weddings than before and more leaning into wovens like Raffia or um, Rattan and that sort of thing more for, you know, the weddings I attended. But that also, like I said, it might just be the, the type of people our friends are. So sure. <sighs> that kind of reminds me, is there anything that you feel like is kind of overdone at this point or like, kind of on its way out for weddings? Um, I would say, and not necessarily a physical trend, but something more like traditions. People aren't sticking with them as much. Like it's your wedding, so you can make it how you want it to be. So what I mean by that is I had one of my good friends, she didn't have a formal wedding party. Um, she didn't have, you know, a bridesmaid. She didn't have a maid of honor and her husband didn't either. I've had some friends that didn't do any of the traditional dances. So they didn't want to do a first dance or, you know, a, a father-daughter dance or anything like that. I've seen people also then along those lines, um, like toasts are a lot shorter than I feel like I grew up going to. There aren't as many, like they're more short and to the point than they used to be. Thank Um, goodness. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, it's the trend that I'm seeing is making it your own and moving away from traditions and doing what you want. I even had a friend whose wedding I was in and they didn't have hair and makeup. We all did our own hair and makeup. So I think, you know, that's something important to remember is that it's about you and your husband or your wife at that time. And so whatever you guys want to do, you can do that. You don't have to, you know, stick with all the the normal traditions, so to speak. That's so important. I did not realize that um, people were getting away that that heavily away from the traditional elements, but I think that's very freeing if like your circumstances make it uncomfortable where you don't, you know, want to do a certain tradition or, um, you know, bridal parties are, are <laughs> kind of contentious when you're planning it. Um, you're having to think about so many people, what they're going to think if they're included or not included. And, you know, that's one way just to not have to worry about it is not, not to have a traditional, when I'm glad that they, good for them that they're able to feel comfortable doing that. 
Right. I know we talked about not doing any of the formal dances. And then the month before we're like, no, let's do it. Cause I'm an only child. So it's like the only time my dad would be able to do that. And Will's the only uh, boy in his family. So it'd be the only time his mom would. So we kind of did it more for them too. But yeah, you definitely have that option nowadays to do whatever you want. That's wonderful. Now, I mean, I can't imagine all of those weddings in one year, but not only did you have nine weddings in one year, but you were planning your own wedding. So that is a lot as stress and planning and fun all wrapped into one. But I want to hear all about your wedding. It's I'm just dying to hear about it. Oh, thank you so much. And compared to most of my friends, we had a shorter engagement just because of you know, everything with 2020, the weddings got kind of backed up. And so the venues were booked. So when we started, we got engaged in December of 2021. And then I think we looked at our first wedding venue in early February, I want to say, just because it was like the holidays. Then I travel a lot in January for work and my birthday and all of that. So we started looking in February and there were slim options based on, you know, we would have had to wait until like 2024, 2023, a lot of the times. So we lucked out. We saw um, our venue was Brantwin Estate, and that's where we had our ceremony and reception was there. And as soon as I walked in, I fell in love with it. It's like an old estate house and just so classic and beautiful. But I feel like a lot of older estate homes can be really dark and uh, like a lot of dark, heavy wood. And this one was the opposite. The rooms were painted like light pinks and corals and yellow. And it was just so beautiful. And at that point, I'm obsessed with Bridgerton. And I think that new season was out at that point. So it's like, this is so Bridgerton. It's all beautiful pastels. So I love that. And there was a lot of chinoiserie and, you know, beautiful China already just in the um, China cases there. So I felt really at home with it and loved it. So we had the option kind of to pick this random date in September that they had available still or, you know, pick a date a few years out. And we looked at actually only one other venue in person, which is Philadelphia Cricket Club, where my husband and his family belong. But it just felt right at Brantwin. And one of the big things that was important to us that we noticed from going to a lot of weddings is you spend a lot of time actually at the hotel that everyone's staying at, especially if you don't have a lot of people local coming to the wedding. So like I said, we've traveled you know, to Jamaica for a wedding. We traveled to Charleston a lot for weddings, North Carolina, all over. And the hotel is where people end up, you know, meeting up. They end up going after the wedding to hang out. And you want the hotel that everyone's staying at if you have a lot of out-of-town guests to be really nice. So we we also picked Brantwin because it had an agreement with the Hotel DuPont, which is this beautiful old hotel that's 10 minutes down the street from the venue. So we knew our guests could hang out there and it would just be beautiful and comfortable and luxurious for everyone. So that's kind of you know, how and why we picked the the venue, but it didn't leave us a lot of time to plan between, you know, signing the contracts and all and everything, I think in March to then having the wedding in September where I have friends that, you know, they have a two-year engagement. So it definitely, you know, had to make decisions fast then. Yes, you did. Especially <laughs> with all of the time constraints that you mentioned where weddings had backed up. So you were so lucky to have that random date in September because that's a pretty popular month for weddings. 
Exactly. And I, it felt meant to be because, so we got engaged on December 17th. My birthday is January 17th. Then we ended up getting married on September 17th. So I just felt like it was almost <laughs> meant to be like 17 is my lucky number and it just felt good. <laughs> oh, that is perfect. And your wedding reception place sounds like it just described your personality. It does sound like it was meant to be. Exactly. No, it definitely, um, you know, had all the elements of everything that I loved and had a beautiful property, like a, a gorgeous garden and stairs and fountains outside. And I I truly fell in love with it. And really the venue was sort of the inspiration then for, you know, our wedding invites and kind of the, the decor and the theme then. So our invite uh, suite, which was designed by Nico and Lala, who I love. I've been using Lauren and Nicole from there for many years for various parties of mine. And Nicole actually has a, another business where she does branding for companies. So Nicole's done all of the branding for my blog, my podcast, my PR business. So I felt really comfortable working with them and always knew I wanted to. So we pulled in the elements for the, the paper goods and the wedding suite and everything from the venue. So basically the colors, it was a floral sort of print with a crest, like a chinoiserie floral. And the colors from the flowers and everything in there were pulled from the colors of the walls in the venue. And then and a lot of it too had sort of like a Greek key border or trim and accent in it. And that's pulled from the venue too, because, you know, some of the picture frames and some of the trim in there had that Greek key element too. So it was really well thought of every detail in it. And that kind of, you know, like I said, then we use that for the color scheme for everything else, for the tablescapes, for the bridesmaids dresses and all of that. I really wanted sort of the theme to be Bridgerton garden party with a touch of chinoiserie. Oh, it is beautiful. And I've seen some of the pictures. So it is, you're creating a beautiful picture, but I definitely, I will include some pictures on the blog so people can actually see exactly what you're talking about. It's just beautiful. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Definitely go and check it out. It's, uh, it's a lot to explain, I feel like, but if you look at the pictures, you can you can get all the details. Yes. So what are some of the ways that you decided to use the wedding decor to kind of incorporate you and your groom's personality? Yeah. So with the wedding decor, I love working with small businesses and brands. And so I really wanted to incorporate a lot of that into everything with our wedding. So a lot of the elements were from either clients of mine or um, brands that I have known for years and love and appreciate in the small businesses. So that was really important to me. So for our tablescapes, we used light pink tablecloths, which when we were going through, you know, the table settings and everything, I was like, well, are you sure you don't mind like the light pink? I'm a, I'm a very pink girl. And he knows that going into it. We have hot pink chairs in our living room. And so he knew I was never getting rid of them because they're my grandparents. But I was like, I understand it's our wedding. Like it's not just my wedding. So if you don't want the pink, he's like, no, I think it looks really good with everything. And it's not like it was hot pink. It was a very pale pink that our tablecloths were. But that kind of was the base. And then half of our tables had candelabras with florals and vines kind of wrapping up them. And in the candelabras then are uh, candles from Creative Candles, which is a wonderful 
small business company that I've worked with for many years that makes beautiful, high quality candles and in tons of colors. So our candles were colorful as well in there. And then the other half of the tables had ginger jars that I worked with Lauren Haskell Designs to create these custom ginger jar centerpieces that took elements from our invite suite, like the chinoiserie floral butterfly print. And that was on the ginger jars, which I I have a million ginger jars and a lot of them are Lauren's too. So that was really nice to have them. Then our florist put flowers in the ginger jars in the center, obviously. And that was that. And then our menus, Nico and Lala did, obviously. And I really like they came up with the idea to make them circular so that they sat right in the center of the plates, which I think looked really beautiful. The only thing that I didn't think of ahead of time is that you need to let your caterers or who's ever serving the food know, you know, who's getting the chicken, who's getting the pork, whatever it is. Uh, you give them sort of a, a map ahead of time in a list, but you need to show it on each seating. So that I didn't realize until later. So we were like, okay, do we get like a lot of people use little stickers and you put them on the menus. But since my menu was, it wasn't huge. It was a circle and it had, you know, a chinoiserie print on it and it it was a darker green. It, the stickers just were not working. So I came up with the idea to hole punch the bottom and I got these beautiful tassels then actually from Amazon that we strung through the bottom of the menu cards and the color of the tassel told the waiters, you know, who's getting what essentially. So that was a little thing that anyone planning a wedding, I mean, thinking, looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, duh, they they have to know that. But in the moment I was like, oh gosh, I didn't even think of that. Um, Um, Yes, but you handled it beautifully. And that's far more attractive than a little picture of a cow or a picture of a chicken. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So we did that. And then the other element on the tables, we use the preppy stitch to make napkin twillies. So I know a lot of people use you know, embroidered cloth napkins with their monogram on it. But instead of that, we use a beautiful solid color. uh, I think they were light pink cloth napkins. And then we did the monogram on the twilly instead, like our little monogram crest on the little velvet twillies, which everyone loved that detail. And then Will and I are really into wine and champagne and trying different ones and learning about them. So we had a glass of Prosecco on the tables for when everyone got seated. And their place cards were actually acrylic golden butterflies that sat in the champagne flutes. So I really like that detail. And, you know, they could take those little place cards home then. And I thought that was special. Yes, that is. And I I had actually hadn't even seen those before, the acrylic ones. Um, Yeah. They were gorgeous. And they go with anything (laughs) since they're acrylic, Um, you know, they match any any scheme. Definitely. You put so much thought and so much love and attention into all the details. And I just, I know that it had to affect just the whole mood that Mm -hmm. it was so personalized to you all. Yeah, we got a lot of people saying that, you know, it was one of the most beautiful, like detailed uh, tables that they sat at at a wedding. And, you know, I tried to incorporate elements of us two throughout. So with Brantwin, you know, a plus and a minus at any old estate home is that the rooms are kind of broken up. It's not like a a new big country club where everyone's just in one giant room. So 
the dining room was in two rooms, basically, that everyone was seated. And then we had the bar in a separate library room and the photo booth in another room with dessert and then a dance floor in another. And then we had this one extra bonus room that was my favorite room. Like when I looked at the property, it's like a raspberry hot pink and it had beautiful white built-ins that had beautiful china and like a buffet table. It's just so, so pretty. So I knew I wanted to do something special with that room. So in that room, we put a lot of macaroons and my dad and I built this little, and my mom, um, this little stand, like a little lottery macaroon stand that we made because Will and I, when he proposed to me, we were in New York City and he put the ring in a lottery cake box. And so we were getting ready to go to dinner and he's like, let's have a bite of cake before dinner and like enjoy some champagne as you're getting ready. And when I opened the cake box, it was in that lottery box. So we incorporated that then into the wedding, um, which I thought was really special and fun. Oh my goodness. You're giving me chills. That is so, (laughs) that is so sweet. And I just love that. So you and your mom and dad made it? Yes, I my parents are so crafty and so helpful. They've been like that forever. Um, if I have an idea, then they're the first people to help me make it and achieve it. So yeah, we built this little um, white stand. It was made out of a sort of metal material. And then my mom had painted the stripes on top of it to look like an awning. And I got actually my cousin who has a screen printing uh, sort of business to create this custom sign for us that we stuck to it. So I'll I'll send those pictures to you to to see that as well. Uh, That sounds adorable. (laughs) I'm not sure everyone's family could make that. (laughs) I'm picturing me. I'm sure you could buy it or rent it somewhere, but yes, we were crafty. (laughs) But it means so much more that you were able to do to make it with your family. That's that is precious. I just love that. Now, you have set the bar high here. <laughs> and I know that there could be a soon-to-be bride listening and thinking, oh, I, w- I want to incorporate our personality into our wedding. And how do I do that? So what would you suggest them to think about when they're first starting to plan and if they want to make it unique for them? Yeah. I mean, think about what your interests are and what you and your groom have in common. So like I said with us, uh, wine is something that's important to us. And we even worked with the venue and the catering company to change what the the wine menu was so that it was wines that we actually enjoyed and really liked. You could also, I know in the South, groom's cakes are really popular. They're not as popular up here. So we didn't have any of that. But I think that's a really fun way that I've seen a lot of people add some personality to their wedding too. And I think, you know, incorporate some of your favorite businesses and brands, like think outside of the box. Like I said, we, you know, included the lottery stuff from when we got engaged. I also had a lot of pictures around of Will and I throughout the ages, like, you know, growing up alone, but then obviously some of us together and our friends. And we had that photo wall of pictures with everyone that everyone really enjoyed looking through and finding pictures of themselves. I've had a friend of mine too. She added, you know, a personal touch by she actually went and found pictures of everyone who attended her wedding, their wedding pictures if they were married, and printed them and put them in frames all on a table, which I thought was really thoughtful and is so, like so special. Yes, I've never heard of that. That is very unique. 
Mm-hmm. And actually, you would love this. So since I love entertaining um, and have a gazillion tablecloths and things, when it came time for a guest book, I was like, I don't know if I want one or I, I don't know if I need just this book that's going to get lost. So instead, what I did is I got a linen table runner and then a bunch of fabric markers. And I put a sign next to it explaining what to do. But basically, I had everyone sign that. Instead, I'm getting that embroidered with everyone's initials. So it's something that it'll be, you know, sort of an heirloom piece that I'll have forever and can pass down and everyone's names are going to be, you know, embroidered into this table runner that I'll pull out for special occasions. You're right. I love that. But it's so <laughs> fun. I've I've heard of people signing things, of course, mm-hmm. but um, not necessarily a tablecloth and then getting it embroidered. That is yeah. That's brilliant. Do you already have the place that's going to embroider it? Or do you? I do. I do. I have to send it in though. It's one of those, all of our wedding stuff, I feel like is still packed up because it's sort of been a whirlwind ever since then, but that's on my list to do um, in the new year is to send it out to actually get embroidered by where we said we were going to. Wow. That, that will be special for sure. And you definitely will use it more than you would a book. Like you're ever going to get <laughs> the book out again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now that was a lot of planning and you had even, I I would, you had more going on than the average person. I feel like (laughs) when they're getting married, but everyone always experiences stress uh, when it comes to planning their wedding. Do you have any suggestions or tips to help people minimize that? Yeah. So I, I feel like I was pretty calm leading up to it until the month before. And, you know, I got most of the major things done ahead of time. So I would say, first of all, don't procrastinate. The final month though is stressful because everyone's needing timelines and contact information. And I don't do great with those sorts of nitty gritty details. So I was really stressed out that final month. I felt like everyone needed something from me um, and it needed to be so specific. So I am a big believer in massages. So I scheduled uh, massages, you know, a month before the wedding just to relax and, you know, take time to enjoy it. I also, my best friend and um, maid of honor, she was great because we scheduled some dinners to just kind of vent and go over things. And because she had gotten married um, that past spring. So she had just been through, which was really helpful. I would say definitely find a friend who has gone through it before and can offer advice, but someone, you know, that's your style and low key and isn't going to stress you out. I feel like some friends, they can stress you out. And I had to stop looking at TikTok for a little bit because (laughs) there's a lot of wedding planning videos on TikTok. And at first I really enjoyed them, but then I got stressed out by them because they'd have these elaborate binders for like every single detail and every single person, or there was another, um, influencer who's, who I think got married the same exact day, if not like the same week or within a week as me. And she, I really enjoy her content and everything, but she was stressing me out because our wedding dates were basically the same. And she had already done all of the little things so early on. So I would say, you know, what's stressing you, if there's something or someone specific stressing you out, then like unfollow them or mute them for a little bit. Just try to keep that buzz out of your ear. And like I said, indulge in massages and things like that to to enjoy yourself actually during that time. And then 
I really suggest we didn't have a wedding planner just because I do a lot of events for work and I very detail oriented and knew kind of what I wanted, but I am really happy that we had um, two day of coordinators. And even with our uh, day of coordinator, I hired her to help with some little question stuff that I had a week or two leading up to it. So I would suggest if, if you're not getting a wedding planner, definitely get at least day of coordination or a lot of them offer like month of coordination. So that that's a huge lifesaver. And I used events by Renee if you're in the Philadelphia area. That is good advice. I did not know that um, an event company would agree to that, to do shorter. Mm-hmm. I knew like sometimes the venue or the church might have someone that would do be the day of for you if you wanted. But um, that's great to know. Yes, a lot of them do these days. And I've had even friends who they'll just hire, you know, a a friend of a friend who's not going to the wedding, but someone who's really great with details kind of do some of that stuff for them instead. I also, obviously I have my blog and my Instagram and I'm on social media a lot. So I hired someone to run my social media for the day because I knew people would want to see the wedding, like right when it's happening. And I knew obviously other people would be sharing it. So I wanted to make sure I was sharing it too. So I also hired someone, which, you know, isn't the norm. Not everyone needs to do that, but I hired someone to kind of sort of live stream it as that we were going throughout the day of showing behind the scenes and the details throughout the wedding day. And, um, but people do do that. I've, I've gotten hired a few years ago to do that for weddings too, for people. So that is a thing. No, I can see, I was thinking even for, you know, someone that's not as quite as public as you are, Mm -hmm. it would be very beneficial because you do not want to be thinking about that when you are, um, going through it. You know, you, and then of course, everyone, you know, still wants to to know or to see, you know, yep. what's going on. So that, that is a great thing. Uh, yeah. Great she had actually hired me because she didn't want people on their phones during her wedding. So I was kind of the only one on my phone. Well, her phone technically sharing it because she didn't want people. She wanted people more in the moment and didn't want, you know, there's that wedding picture. I feel like that viral one where it's like everyone's phones in the way of the aisle, like messing up the actual photographer shot. So I, I think it's smart, you know, if if you are one of those people who don't want a lot of phones and social media around your wedding, or maybe you want to be the first one, or she also had a lot of people from overseas and not everyone could make it. So a way to include them then, um, I think it is smart to look into someone helping with social media for your wedding. Yes, that that is a great idea. And I went to a wedding one time of a very public figure who happened. So there was a lot of famous people there mm-hmm. and they just plainly said, do not get your phone out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, and actually they didn't post anything until after, which oh, I can wow. understand in their position, yeah. but um it was very interesting though. Um, like how many times I wanted to pull my phone out <laughs> and realized I can't Yep, <laughs> or I should not be, I should say, but so we all know that you've given us some great advice when it comes to planning for the wedding, but you know, things don't always go as planned and I hope they did for your wedding, but, um, have you experienced or learned anything from all of these weddings where things didn't go as planned? Yes. So I I went into it knowing that you can't control the weather. And I had a, a great friend of mine 
who unfortunately it ended up pouring rain and being awful when she had to walk down the aisle and kind of messed up plans there for a little. And I know that was kind of hard. So in my head, just from experiencing that, I'm like, you have to have a rain backup plan or, you know, whatever, snow backup plan, wherever you live, some sort of weather backup plan, because that's the one thing that truly is out of your control. And I, I got in my head early. I was like, if it rains, that that's what it is. And we're going to have to get married inside instead of in the beautiful gardens. I'm going to have to be okay with that. That's not, you can't let that, you know, give you a bad attitude about it or anything. So I would say definitely that, I mean, with our wedding, I ha- we had the most beautiful weather, luckily, like it was 70 degrees. It was sunny. It had a slight breeze. Like I could not have asked for better weather. It was amazing. But um, of course there were things that went wrong. Like we were supposed to leave the venue in this old antique car, this like 1920s car, and it wouldn't start. <laughs> so, oh gosh. <laughs> luckily we knew that ahead of time. Like as soon as he got it there, then he's like, you guys, I'm not going to be able to move this. So we got pictures um, at least with the car, but yeah. like no one knew it was there when we had the picture. So no one kind of knew about it, but we do have pictures, but you know, our exit was kind of different than we did the sparkler exit and then just got on the the bus with everyone back to the hotel. So, you know, that went wrong. Um, for a little bit, there was a crisis where we thought our, um, my dear friend, Leslie, who owns Dress for Cocktails, she married us. And for some reason, I don't remember how it started, but Someone thought that she couldn't actually marry us. And this was, I didn't know about this until later on. And so everyone was freaking out trying to find a notary and Will and a bunch of his groomsmen, our attorneys. So like they were all kind of calling around and trying to find where a notary is. But it turns out it was official and legal. And I don't know why that got in people's ears, but that was like a crisis that everyone else was dealing with. I did not know about until later, but so there are things that, you know, pop up and go on. And I forgot to grab my bouquet when I walked back down the aisle, I forgot to grab it from my maid of honor. Uh, So we had to restage those pictures uh, where you don't necessarily see the whole crowd then, but I have the bouquet in my hand walking down it. So I think you know, it's important just to know that there are things that are going to go wrong at a wedding. And I told myself that, you know, and just working in events anyway, um, or hosting in general, nothing's going to go. I mean, hopefully something goes as planned, but there's going to be something that doesn't go as planned and you have to roll with it and keep a good attitude. And honestly, no one else will notice half the time except for you. That is so true. I'm sure almost no one except maybe your maid of honor realized you didn't grab your bouquet walking yes. down. <laughs> and I am so grateful that you have wise, intelligent family and friends that did not <laughs> let you in on the secret that they were afraid that she may not be able to legally marry yes. you. <laughs> Imagine if they had told you and caused you all that stress when it wasn't even an issue to begin with. But <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I always like to ask everyone, what does hospitality mean to you? Yeah, so I would say hospitality to me means making your guests feel warm and welcomed and included. That is good. The included part, that is um, something no one said before. I love that, though. That's really important. 
Yeah, I think we have, you know, friends from all different places. I'm not, I think some people, you know, have their same set of friends from when they were little and that's kind of their set of friends. But I have friends from, you know, high school, from college, then from just work things and later in life. So I always try to make a point when we are hosting friends to to try to find like things between people ahead of time that I can bring up and introduce them together so that they have someone to talk to and they have something in common already ahead of time. Or, you know, we try to play some fun, easy icebreaker sort of games just so that everyone kind of can loosen up and get to know each other and feel like part of the party. I love that the common bond mentioning when you first introduce people can really make them feel more comfortable for sure. And tell me, why is it important for you to invite guests over? Um, I love opening our home. Like I just love having people here and to, to meet other people, honestly, too, I think is part of the fun for me. I've had a lot of friends of mine that then became friends with my other friends and they love that. Or, you know, even some people have gotten jobs then at where some of my friends were. And I think that's the great part about having people over and inviting them into our home is to, you know, make those connections and those friendships for them and expand our group of friends. And we just really love it. Yes, that goes right along with what you do. (laughs) That is exactly, you're so good at making connections. (laughs) And what is the one piece of advice that you'd give a new hostess, someone that's a little nervous about starting out? Yeah, so I, someone actually told me this tip and I love this tip, but it's, you know, when you're hosting a party, let's say to have your best friend come over 30 minutes to an hour ahead of time so that she can help you with the last minute stuff and also sort of help you relax, like have a glass of wine together as you're finishing up those last minute details or maybe, you know, putting on your makeup at that point, whatever it is, I think that helps a lot. And I always invite my best friend and maid of honor, Allie, over a little bit before everyone, just so we can, you know, kind of enjoy and relax. And she can help me if I need any last minute things done. That is great advice. And it gives you actually a time frame where you have to be ready to go mm-hmm. <laughs> a <Yep>. little earlier. <laughs> yeah. So that is wonderful advice. I also, I'm someone, I am not a great cook. I'm not a great baker. So I'm a big believer in like delegating where you need to. So I always have someone make like our desserts and cookies. And then I have, you know, the food catered from somewhere. I also, you know, if it's a bigger party, like a lot of times for my birthday party, I'll go somewhere and get a blowout of my makeup done. That way I don't have to worry about that. So, you know, figure out where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are and feel free to delegate where you're not so great at. That is the best, best advice. I am a firm believer in that because I feel like a lot of places where people go wrong is thinking they can do everything Mm -hmm. and they might be able to cook and very well, and they might be able to do their hair and they might be able to do all of those things (laughs) just amazingly. But if you do them all at the same same time, then you have no time. (laughs) Exactly. And you're not going to get it done in a way that's relaxed and calm at all, for sure. Well, I've got a few questions for a speed round for you, if you're willing. Of course. Okay. So what is your favorite candy? Oh, anything gummy. Uh, So gummy worms are like a Swedish fish. Yum. What food do you hate the most? (laughs) 
Oh, hmm. I hate tomatoes, like raw tomatoes, but I love ketchup and sauces, which is weird. <laughs> I was the same way growing up. Exactly. Yeah. I would not eat a tomato to save my life. But now I think I just tried like the world's worst one at some age, but um, I've I've actually grown some that are like heirloom tomatoes that are amazing. Um, but yes, ketchup and salsa were like my main food group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you may not have one of these if you don't like to cook, but um, all-time favorite cookbook. Oh, um, I love uh, Courtney from Pizzazzery. I have all of her cookbooks and we have Will and I, my husband's a great cook. And so I'm always to chef. So we have uh, used some of her recipes in the past and I do really enjoy hers. There's also um, Zamali Baz, B-A-Baz, B-A-Z. She is with I want to say Bon Appetit. She has a great cookbook and I can send it to you later if you want to include a link. But she has a great cookbook that I love and I can actually cook things myself from. And one of our friends told us about this cookbook and she's like, no, Patricia, you can make this chicken. And I have been able to make it. It's one of my go-to. So I really do like her cookbook. Oh, I, I need to find out about that one. I'm not familiar with that, but I do have all of Courtney's <laughs> cookbooks. They are great. <laughs> What was your teenage celebrity crush? Mm. Adam Brody from the OC. He was Seth Cohen on it. <laughs> <laughs> How about your favorite childhood movie? Oh, childhood movie. Um, I mean, now it's the holiday, but as a kid, as a little, little kid, my parents will tell everyone that I watched The Little Mermaid over and over <laughs> and over again. So... <laughs> I love that. I love that. I was not a child. I was a teenager <laughs> when that came out, but I I still watched it over and over again as a teenager yeah. <laughs> and sang all the mermaid songs. Yep. <laughs> and the last one, what was your favorite Christmas present? Um, my favorite Christmas present. Will, it can be really thoughtful um, with presents. So, you know, one time early on dating, he made a book of like pictures throughout the year of, you know, places and trips and things that we did. And I also was really spoiled growing up. Like I said, my dad's very crafty and talented and he's actually a great woodworker. So he, as a kid, he would make me a new jewelry box every Christmas for a couple of years. So I still cherish those jewelry boxes. And that was always very special to me. Oh, that is special. <laughs> well, Patricia, this has been so much fun. I know our listeners have so many ideas now on how to make their wedding unique and filled with their own interests. I can't thank you enough for being here. Before thank you we... so much for having me. Of course. Before we go, why don't you tell us all the places everyone can find you on social media? Of course. Uh, so you can find me my... Blog and Instagram recently is going through a switch. So from Preppy Publicist and Patricia's Palace, everything will be patriciamayolson.com then. And then Patricia underscore May underscore Olson. I'm doing a big rebrand for the new year. So you'll probably find me there depending on when this comes out. And then Peaked PR, of course, if you want to work with me, um, if you're a brand or business and need some help with PR and marketing, you can find me at Peaked PR and that's peakedpr.com. And then the Preppy Podcast. If you want to check that out, that's at the Preppy Podcast or the Preppypodcast.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And I hope you have 
a wonderful holiday. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.